This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, the mainstream media finally reports on social media apps participating in sex trafficking rings. Donald Trump is allegedly going to be indicted again, and the new head of CNN is already ousted. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and today, something that we here on the News and Why have been sounding the alarm on for a very long time is finally being reported in the mainstream media. According to a recent Wall Street Journal investigation, the social media app Instagram is helping connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content. That is to say, they are actively helping pedophiles traffic young children. And I don't mean they are just standing idly by and turning the other way as pedophiles use their network for malicious intent. No, Instagram is actually promoting the content through its algorithm. From the expose itself, Instagram connects pedophiles and guides them to content sellers via recommendation systems that excel at linking those who share niche interests. Users are able to search for hashtags used by sex traffickers like pedo whore and preteen sex and are then connected to accounts that use those terms to advertise child sex material for sale. Accounts that often claim to be run by the children themselves and use overtly sexual handles incorporating words such as little slut for you. Some of these accounts provide a menu for content, which range from children harming themselves to children performing sex acts on animals. And of course, for the right price, these children are available for a meetup. The investigation found these demons advertising themselves in broad daylight. Certain emojis function as a kind of code, such as an image of a map, shorthand for minor attracted person, or one of cheese pizza, which shares its initials with child pornography. Many declare themselves lovers of the little things in life. Search terms such as pedobate and variations of MNSFW, which stands for minor not safe for work, had been used to tag thousands of posts dedicated to advertising sex content featuring children, rendering them easily findable by buyers. But don't worry. After being contacted by the Wall Street Journal about this expose, Instagram's parent company Meta said it is in the process of banning such terms, which is strange because it seems like that would be a very quick and easy change to make. But instead, up until the publication of this piece, even just glancing contact with one of these pedophilic accounts on accident would trigger Instagram to begin recommending that users follow the content. So you might ask, well, maybe Instagram just, I don't know, didn't know how these hashtags were being used. How do we know that they even had a clue? Well, in some of these searches, the company created a pop-up notification to warn users that these results may contain images of child sexual abuse and noted that production and consumption of such material causes extreme harm to children. The screen offered two options for users, get resources and see results anyway. And it's not just that Instagram is enabling and encouraging child sex trafficking rings on their platform through algorithms and hashtags. It actually does get worse. 
For years now, at the same time that the platform has been emboldening pedophiles, it's also been censoring those who are working to fight sex trafficking. The hashtags child trafficking awareness, child trafficking, child sex trafficking, and child trafficking, protect children, protect our children, save children, save our children from pedophiles, save the children, stop child trafficking, and more have all been actively censored by Instagram for a very long time. So either a series of very strange, bizarre, and unfortunate coincidences resulting in the suppression of child advocacy while accidentally enabling sex traffickers might be happening, or these giant global corporations really are run by a cabal of evil demons. I think by now you know which one of those options I believe to be true. Here to discuss this and more, we have Jakub Uyens, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line. Also, his first time on the program, Oren McIntyre, host of The Oren McIntyre Show. Uh, I appreciate you being here. Sorry to uh, bring it down a level or two on your first, uh, your first time here. Hopefully we can get to some happier news later. Actually, we will get to happier news later on because we will be talking about the downfall of CNN. But I digress. Um, Yaku, you have dedicated a large portion of your life to fighting child sex trafficking with your organization. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I, we've spoken on this show about the fact that the cheese pizza and the fact that child sex trafficking, uh, those who are fighting against it, are being censored on Instagram. But I don't think it really has clicked with people how bad this gets when it comes to these social media apps, particularly Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, how bad it really gets when it comes to the child sex trafficking problem. Yeah, and also now WhatsApp, you know, mm. and, and, and others. So Sarah, 28 years fighting sex trafficking. For those that know, my sister was trafficked for six years. It's so egregious that when we, we launch a campaign or we we want to create some sort of momentum in a city to protect children, we have to change the campaign name. Currently, we're running a campaign called Stops With Us. Mm. Because if you do anything, and I mean, numbers will be blocked, you'll be shadow banned, it will get pop-up notifications that says, hey, this content's not suitable for our platform, and I'm literally talking about pedophiles right now, 30 children going missing, mm. you know, in a state, and they'll block our content. Here's what I want the Americans to understand. And we talk about the border and we talk about human trafficking and sex trafficking. We are the number one nation on earth purchasing sex with children. You can blame the cartel for bringing kids across the border. They're selling those kids to American men. That's a fact. Swallow that pill, deal with it. And big tech is involved. Inkosi out of Washington DC runs a thing called the Dirty Dozen List. Instagram's been on the dirty dozen list, has been sued numerous mm -hmm. times, numerous times. Meta or Facebook has been sued. Zuckerberg was questioned by Mark, Marsha Blackburn when she was still a rep, not even a senator yet. And he pled the fifth 52 times on this very question. Can you not fix the algorithm to remove child porn? The 62 million child porn images at that time on Facebook. And he's like, it's an algorithm. I plead the fifth. They're 100% complicit. I want to say this, what we're finding now, and we are doing a rescue tomorrow. We're constantly in this fight. The, the social media platform is now the pimp. Mm -hmm. Here's how this works. You have a pimp, a victim, and a buyer. You don't need the pimp anymore. Instagram is the pimp. Instagram is connecting the buyer to the victim. They're literally playing the role of pimp. It's not the guy in the mink coat, hustle and flow, Terrence Howard in the movie, in his Cadillac in that part of town anymore. No, it's Instagram. It's TikTok. It's Meta. 
wait until you see what's happening in the metaverse mm. where you can go, your avatar can go rape a child in the metaverse and you can go buy a child in the metaverse. So it's diabolical. Congress is doing zero with Section 230. These guys are hiding and, and you watch. They won't because I'll tell you. Two months, three months, seven months from now, when we rescue another child from Instagram that's sold on Instagram, they're going to do nothing. Mm -hmm. They will do nothing because Congress is doing nothing to force them to change. But don't worry, Oren, because uh, when I go on Instagram and I say something like a biological truth, I, of course, get, you know, strike and I get demonetized and I get banned and I get shadow banned and all of those things. So it's nice to know that they're focusing on the important things. Yeah, obviously, this is a horrific evil. And the fact that anything that's you know labeled misinformation, election denialism, some kind mm -hmm. of COVID issue, they have no problem. They don't have an inability. There's not some technical snafu mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. keeps them from doing this. They don't suddenly lose the technology to their algorithm when they need to ban anybody who says anything they don't like from the right wing or having any kind of questions about the biomedical security state. But all of a sudden, they can't figure it out when it comes to banning this horrific stuff, turning themselves into digital pimps for the worst people in the world. This is obviously complicit. It's obvious that they have no interest in getting rid of this. And yeah, it's amazing that no one's taking action on this. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and then I, I, I try to think about how we got here. Mm. And I feel like you could probably give me some insight into that better than I could just come up with myself because you unfortunately live in this world. Um, I mean, you're, we're talking, okay, so Meta accounted for 85% of the child pornography reports that were filed to this particular center that was helping with the investigation, uh, including some 5 million from Instagram. And it's like, did, did pedophiles just realize once social media came like into society that it would be much easier to do this? Um, is Mark Zuckerberg just like, in with them like it's it just it just it's hard for me to understand how we got to this place where instagram literally tells you this shows you child sex abuse do you want to see it anyway rather than just shutting it down like it's just really hard for me to comprehend there's a, a technician in there there's an it person who's like mm, okay what we're gonna do is we're just gonna give them a warning before they see uh you know pedo pedophilic content and I, I want people to know, and thank you, Sarah, and your voice is so important in this, and it has been. And you're even in our movie, Sex Nation, where you talk about how, and there we show what has happened since 1933. Yeah. But I want people to understand this. I've launched a social media company. We sold it. I wrote the protocols on the back end for it. You have absolute control. Mm -hmm. Absolute control. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's an algorithm, but there's still human eyes that yay or nay it 100%. So there's an army inside Meta that's complicit, that sees child porn every day, I go, yep, mm -hmm. keep it up. Mm -hmm. They can take it down in an instant. So by nature, I can judge the fruit. By, the Bible tells me I can judge the fruit. I judge the fruit, yes, Zuckerberg is involved, 100%. He's still the CEO, is he not? He's still the majority shareholder, is he not? They're still giving protocol to a newbie that was just hired in Encino, California, to come sit in the, in the, in the you know, ivory tower of Facebook and Thumbs up or thumbs down, a naked child being raped and abused. They're 100% complicit. But now you need to track everything they touch. You're now finding the Nigerians saying, and I'm talking about the vice chairman of Interpol sitting with me at the United Nations saying, hey, since Meta bought WhatsApp, we now have child porn on WhatsApp. 
So you got to trace it back. It's a protocol. It's a belief system inside Facebook, Meta, whatever they, the cabal. Anything they touch, they're going to exploit children. They allow it. They live that life. They participate in it because they, they see it, Sarah. It's not like the machine is doing this and you don't see. There's human eyes that see this stuff, mm-hmm. right? So, so if you see it and you don't say something, you're complicit. You're allowing a child to be exploited. Even if you're just a staffer, where's the internal staff strike that goes, enough, guys, we can't anymore. Right. No, zero. Right. They're, they, they're going along with the flow because they're led by this LBGTQAI plus two-spirit demonized you know, group of society that's devil worshippers, Moloch, and, and they don't care. They sacrifice children, and I say, say this in the movie, you get access to the dark world through the blood of a child. And that is a fact, historically. Go to Caesarea Philippi in Israel, where Jesus stood with his disciples himself and said, here, where they sacrifice children, these gates of hell will not prevail. Mm-hmm. Okay? Those folks are doing that in our lifetime on social media. Um, but very well said, friend. Um, Oren, it's, it's very difficult because I feel like social media has brought us um, some advancements that we you know otherwise would not have particularly when it comes to things like this program right like we are able to have this independent uh, journalists who go out and get coverage that you wouldn't otherwise see if you were just only allowed to watch CNN uh, MSNBC even Fox News right we have people on the ground that can get the full story of things but then you see things like this things like how bad off uh, our teenagers are because they're depressed all the time because they're scrolling social media seeing just completely you know, uh, standards that are unattainable for them. And it's just, I guess my question is, would society be net better off if we did not ever have social media? I I feel like sometimes it would, but it's, it's a hard one for me to come to come to some sort of a consensus on. Yeah, I mean, it's always a difficult question. I think it's very clear, like, those downsides are ever-present. Yeah. And we don't really have a way to put this back in the bottle. That's the real problem. Mm-hmm. Now that it's here, now that it's going to be with us for probably the rest of our lives, our children's lives, the next question is, what do we do? How do we act responsibly? But it's very clear that the people in charge right now have no interest in that. I mean, there's got to be no coincidence that Mark Zuckerberg was key to purchasing different electoral parts of our system during the last mm-hmm. election, making sure that he's involved, making sure that the Democratic Party stays in power to keep the borders open, to allow the kind of thing that is now happening on his own platforms, those those aren't loose connections. And I think it's very clear that until the leadership changes in a very top-down fashion, these things will continue to be exploited and children will pay the price. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We will be back with more. I want to thank our sponsor, though, Birch Gold. So uh, those of you who are paying attention, I don't know, maybe you're checking your 401k, uh, your IRA, and first of all, don't do that. You're just going to be depressed because every day you look at it, you're going to see your money dwindling away. What I would encourage you to do is go talk to the people over at Birch Gold. They can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold, which historically has been the greatest hedge against inflation, which we are all seeing the devastating effects of. Thanks, Joe. You got to text the word Y to 989898 for your free information kit on gold. There's no obligation. They're just going to send you the information. Okay. You've got to text the word Y to 989898.
All right, those of you who are watching on Blaze TV, we, of course, always appreciate you subscribing. Those of you who are watching on YouTube, what are you waiting for? Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and comment. Let us know what you think of the news of the day. Um, I, we're, like, I think less than 400 away from hitting uh, 100,000. So tell a friend. I don't know. We should, we, like I keep saying, we're going to throw a party. And apparently everyone else who's on this program doesn't drink, but I do. So I just, I'd want to throw a party and pop some champagne. I'm going to party with you hard without drinking. I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to get some sparkling grape juice and I'm going to go so hard. You have no idea. No idea. Um, all right. So I want to get to uh, more news about Donald Trump because as we know, the left can't stop until they have him, by, I don't know, behind bars for life. They're trying to get him on everything. So now uh, former President Donald Trump has reportedly been notified by federal prosecutors that he is likely to face imminent indictment in the classified document probe. So this is uh, Trump's attorneys apparently met with the Justice Department to discuss possible charges of, quote, gathering, transmitting or losing end quote, of national defense information. Um, this is, of course, being led by special counsel Jack Smith, and they also informed his team, informed Trump's team, that other charges of alleged false statements and obstruction of justice could be on the way as well. Uh, I want to throw up a tweet here from Taylor Buda... I don't know how to say this. I'm sorry, Taylor. Taylor Budowich. Uh, he is an associate for Donald Trump. He testified um, earlier today before a federal grand jury in Florida and said today in what can only be described as a bogus and deeply troubling effort to use the power of government to, quote, get Trump. I fulfilled a legal obligation to testify in front of a federal grand jury, and I answered every question honestly. America has become a sick and broken nation, a decline led by Joe Biden and power-hungry Democrats. I will not be intimidated by this weaponization of government. For me, the need to unite our nation and make America great again has never been more clear than it is today. That starts with re-electing President Donald J. Trump, a purpose I will not be deterred from pursuing. And I, I do realize that there is a, a growing um, war, fight, battle within the Republican Party between, you know, people who want Donald Trump, people who want uh, Ron DeSantis. But you can understand the sentiment of people who are like, you guys are literally trying, like, this is obsession with just trying to get Trump out of public eye because you guys are so obsessed with him. I, I don't understand it. Um, I want to throw up one more tweet here from D.C. Drano, who posted on Twitter, uh, signed letter from President Trump on January 19th, 2021, the day before he left office, declassifying crossfire hurricane documents showing Obama, Biden, the CIA, the DOJ, and FBI spied on him. Now you know why they raided Mar-a-Lago to steal back evidence of their crimes. Certainly in this, um, here's the, the documents, certainly in this particular situation, I know we talk about this all the time on this program, but it's like, who are you going to trust? The FBI? Who are you going to trust? The DOJ? You really trust that they're going to give some sort of impartial investigation? I realize it's a special counsel. I, that doesn't make me, uh, you know, satisfied at all. I don't trust a word that comes out of any of their flipping mouths. None. Absolutely not. And, and just every day, including today, the further I go with the work we do, I realize that we cannot trust them. We cannot. You cannot. You cannot trust the leadership of the FBI. And for the FBI agents out there, the boots on the ground, you're amazing. You, do, you want to. But your leadership have failed you. They've neglected you. They've steered you off a cliff. They ha are literally, literally leading you to slaughter. 
Uh, and we cannot trust the DOJ, the FBI, heck, any of them. Any of the three-letter agencies, all of them. Throw the IRS in there, too. Throw all of them in there. I just don't, Sarah. Nothing they say. You need to proof and verify everything. This is the hour where you can only watch, according to me, The Blaze, because <laughs> I don't even know if The Daily Wire is on point anymore, to be honest with you, straight up. The Blaze here, do your homework and dig, 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 because they're lying to you every chance they get. I'm sure, though, Oren, that they treated, if we, if we could look, if we could take a peek behind the curtain, we would see that they have treated all the classified documents from Joe Biden, Mike Pence, all the exact same way that they are handling Donald Trump's, I'm sure. It's very clear what's happening here. It's a scary thing to say, but it's very obvious. The goal is to criminalize dissent in the United States. Mm -hmm. You have somebody like Douglas Mackey, who's facing 10 years in jail for putting a meme about Hillary Clinton online. Mm -hmm. You have pro-life activists who are getting hit by the FBI. Parents who don't want their kids trans are being targeted by the FBI. Catholics in uh, traditional services are being targeted by these people. It's very clear who they're going after. Mm -hmm. And when they go after Trump, look, I live in Florida. I like Ron DeSantis. I'm a Ron DeSantis fan. But there's a reason that the left is losing their mind yeah. over Donald Trump. He was not supposed to get through. It was supposed to be Mitt Romney's and Jeb Bush's from here on out. The Republican Party was supposed to complete, be a complete tool of control. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump isn't perfect, but he shattered that paradigm. And they are scared. And that's why they're willing to do anything to stop him. It, I mean, it is really fascinating, especially when you look at... Um, to Trump's credit, in handling classified documents, the president is the only one who has the power to declassify something. So him having documents is, to me, uh, far less of a, of a big deal than Joe Biden having documents, sitting next to his Corvette that his crackhead son is taking out for a spin at any given moment, right? I mean, he was vice president. He has no excuse, none, to even have the, the classified documents. Mike Pence same thing. And so it's just, you know, you wonder how many people on the left can at least look at this objectively and say, I don't agree with their policies. I, I'm sure they would say, I hate Donald Trump because he tweets mean things that hurt my feelings because I'm a, I'm a little sensitive Nancy. But I don't like seeing the government be weaponized against someone for a different belief system. Like, I, I see, I, I, would, I would hope that they would have the common sense to go, Oh, I see where that leads. Sarah, you would hope so, but I've come to the conclusion over the last maybe two months, this following conclusion. The America you and I fight for, we fight for, okay? Glenn, they don't see that America. They're not fighting for the same America. I don't America. think they want that America. They don't want that America. Yeah. They don't care. We have this notion, this noble notion that we all want the eagle to soar, that we want the nation that's, you know, revered in Revelations 12 and 13 as the eagle that carries Israel. We want America to be the beacon. They don't want that. Mm -hmm. They don't want that. They want absolute destruction of what we call nuclear family, functional society, logic, reason, truth, a nation under God, uh, rule of law. They don't want that. And so anybody that's for that, I'm asking myself when. It's not, it's a matter of when. When do they go after DeSantis? Because they will, if he rises in any form or fashion, or it looks like he could potentially, maybe, for whatever reason, become president, they'll go. They're going to go after him because they are into the destruction of the America that we see. Yeah. They hate it. There is no reason. There is no logic. This is why they can tell you what you see is not what you see. 
the it's peaceful. The burning's uh, uh, building's burning. Oh, sexualizing a child is okay. A child can decide. Cutting off the breast of a 12-year-old is okay, because it's just destroy, destroy all things that made America what America is. And then you have these absolute numb nut idiots that say America was never great. We've had great moments. We've had huge failures, and we learn from them. History is history, but we have had great moments. And we can, again, be great, but they hate that. They hate being functional. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give you last word on that. Orn. Yeah, I mean, the left is a, is a coalition of people who benefit from the destruction of natural hierarchies, from the disassembling of tradition. They are the people who are primed to prosper when America falls. And so that's why a bunch of people who seem otherwise shouldn't be able to hang together all manage to work towards one particular goal because they understand that destroying those things will benefit them in the long run. They want to invert the hierarchies that built America and turn it into something different, which is why somebody like Barack Obama says, I want to fundamentally transform the United States. He wasn't kidding. He knew exactly what the plan was. Yeah, no kidding. Um, And as you're finding out with uh, Barack Obama 2.0, none of the transformation is actually good. They they did transform it a lot. None of it is good, though, as it turns out. Um, All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. But we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So we sit here at this table, and I try to talk to you about, like, guys— Patriot Mobile, it's America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and Big Mobile is giving money to companies and organizations and movements that hate you or that you don't quite appreciate. Let me give you a little case in point while I was at that uh, gay pride festival that I went to that was just sexualizing children all over the place. There was a big old T-Mobile booth right there. You can see they put their little logo with the uh, rainbow pride flag and on the sides just because they wanted to be inclusive. They put the little trans flags. I think that's a trans flag. I don't know. There are too many of them uh, on the side of the T just so that they could make sure to include all of the trans folks that were there, uh, you know, indoctrinating children into their sex cult. So if you don't want to give your money to an organization that does that, which if you're watching this program, you shouldn't, might I suggest that you go to patriotmobile.com. You can get free activation today with the offer code news. They've got the same coverage as all the, they all share the same towers. Okay. Spoiler alert. It's all the same. So go there. They've got a map. You can check your coverage if you want. Bring your number, get a new one, bring your device, get a new one, whatever you would prefer, but support companies that support you over at patriotmobile.com slash news. That is patriotmobile.com slash news. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. I told you guys that we had some better news today. Uh, The turmoil within CNN continues. So CNN CEO Chris Licht is out over at CNN. Uh, And the the chief executive of the parent company Warner Brothers, this is David Zaslav, told CNN employees today, I met with Chris and he will be leaving CNN. Um, And during his pretty short tenure, this was what, May 2022 when he came in, he, the company had massive layoffs. They had shrinking profits. They think they had like a cute little 
uh, CNN Plus stint for like 30 days. Maybe that happened before. I don't know. I can't keep track. I just like to make fun of CNN. Um, very low ratings. They fired both Don Lemon and Brian Stelter. Apparently, employee morale was terrible. And he is now gone. But uh, reportedly, the final death blow was a scathing 15,000-word profile from The Atlantic. I'm going to read some of those, some of some quotes from that article. It says, when he took the helm of CNN, Licht had promised a reset with Republican voters and with their leader. He had swaggered into the job telling his employees that the network had lost its way under former President Jeff Zucker, that their hostile approach to Trump had alienated a broader viewership that craved sober, sober, fact-driven coverage. These assertions thrust Licht into a two-front war, fighting to win back Republicans who had written off the network, while also fighting to win over his own journalists, many of whom believed that their new boss was scared scapegoating them to appease his new boss. Uh, one year into the job, Licht was losing both battles. Ratings in decline since Trump left office had dropped to new lows. Employee morale was worse. It says uh, he wanted to save journalism. And after the article was released, he apologized to his staffers and vowed to fight like hell to win back the trust of his employees. But spoiler alert, that didn't happen. And employees reportedly were very mad at him for promoting Trump in the town hall that they did recently with Caitlin Collins, which we said at the time, I'm sure you were on the show beforehand or after when I said it was just such a bizarre move. I felt like from both parties, both CNN and Trump, CNN has been claiming for how many years now that Trump deserves to be deplatformed because he is so horrible and Twitter had every right to ban him and we should never reinstate him on any social media policy because of the misinformation and the hate that he spews. And then they promote him on a town hall so that they can get ratings from him. Trump, the same thing. It's like, why are you partnering with CNN? They hate you. They hate your guts. They're only using you for ratings. So it was a very odd decision, I think, on both parts. But um, it's fascinating to me because it seems that that CNN has decided we're not gonna we're not we're not gonna try to right the ship. We're just gonna go down with the ship. I think is is what I'm gathering from this. Do am I off base here? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, they're, you're in a situation that's just impossible for CNN. Yeah. They have to you know, garner new viewership. Obviously, they're incredibly boring. Obviously, no one's paying attention unless they're forced to watch it in an airport. No one cares about CNN. Yeah. But at the same time, if they attempt to move to the center, if they attempt to capture some of that right-wing audience, this conservative audience that they're missing now, then all of their journalists hate them. They want to destroy them because every one of them is an activist. None of them have any interest in any kind of middle-of-the-road neutral journalism. They all know that their life's mission is to destroy conservatives, destroy guys like Donald Trump. They're the threat to the country. They're the horrible fascists coming to do, you know, get rid of all of these wonderful progressive advancements. There's no way they can go back to neutrality. They've already shown who they are. And so the only thing left to do is just lean into this destruction. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Hey, Gru cannot walk away from the minions he created. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. You made your bed, now you lie in it, as we'll say in South Africa. They created this groundswell of, you know, complete dysfunctional human beings, and they can't turn from them. It's embedded in their fabric. It's in their newsroom. It's in their mailroom. It's, it's literally permeated their whole existence. And so I think this is Warner mm -hmm. saying, uh, realizing, going, wait a minute, um, Lick is licking wounds at the moment, but he at least had the foresight to go, you guys abandoned a whole gigantic portion of population, but it was a, it was a Titanic with a hole in, in, in the hull already. I mean, that thing is going down. Yeah. And so Warner's probably going to say, well, if we're going to go down, let's double up and extract as much 
life out of this thing as we can. I don't know how, but I don't think they turn it around. I yeah. mean, getting the trust of the Republicans. They're, they're, I mean, they're not. Yeah, they but, won't do that. There, why no Trump way. took that interview blew I, my mind and I, the timing of it, it, too. It was so random. I didn't well, get it at all. He takes the interview because Trump is best when he's slaying the dragon for That's the a great base. Point. And that's exactly what he did in that interview. You can say what you want. No, about, he did. He he yeah. he conquered. Absolutely. And and that's what they want. You want to watch him embarrass CNN? Yeah. You want I remember being at one of his rallies in the press. I'm standing next to CNN in the press pit and they're all chanting, "Yo, down with CNN, boo." Mm -hmm. You can feel that energy. That's what the base wants from him more than anything else. People talk about how DeSantis is the better policy guy. He's got it more organized. Maybe they're right, but it's very clear what the base wants and they want someone to go out and destroy these people who have been telling them how much they hate America for decades. And that's what Trump did in that interview. That's yeah. a great point because yeah. when him him telling Caitlin Collins you're a nasty person was like I loved it. Right. Yeah, look, when, <laughs> right. I will, so I will tell you this, man. And he does it without getting emotional. I mean, yeah. it's like, man, you're, you're, you're just a nasty it's person. So matter of fact. It's matter of so fact. casual. What it is. <laughs> no, I think that it, it, it's probably the sole reason he did it and he took it. But it was weird for me. The timing was bizarre. I understand why CNN did it under that leadership, because, but it's, it's a futile point at this moment. They're not getting the conservative base back to CNN. That's well, so speaking of the conservative base, uh, Tucker Carlson launched his much anticipated Twitter show last night. This was episode one. It was a 10 minute monologue that featured stories on, uh, I would say, just the uh, anti-government sentiment. I want to play a couple clips here. One is uh, Tucker pointing out uh, that American citizens are like the least informed people of the world. Congratulations, America. Watch. By this point, it's possible that American citizens are the least informed people in the world. Your average yak herder in Tajikistan knows who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. It's obvious. Does he think some skinny dude in a dress is actually a girl? <laughs> Come on. That idea would never occur to him. You've got to be lied to at full volume over a period of years in order to reach conclusions like that. And of course, we have been. He also slammed the mainstream media for their lack of investigation into the government. Watch. But mostly they just ignore the stories that matter. What's happened to the hundreds of billions of U.S. dollars we've sent to Ukraine? No clue. Who organized those BLM riots three years ago? No one's gotten to the bottom of that. What exactly happened on 9-11? Well, it's still classified. How did Jeffrey Epstein make all that money? How did he die? How about JFK? And so endlessly on. Not only are the media not interested in any of this, they are actively hostile to anybody who is. In journalism, curiosity is the gravest crime. Now, that clip has, or I'm sorry, that episode has drawn over 83.5 million views in less than 24 hours. And, you know, just for comparison's sake, uh, last night's primetime ratings uh, were CNN in at 569,000, Fox News at 1.73 million, and MSNBC at 1.86 million. So, I think we know what people are... And even those Fox numbers, Sarah, those are dismal oh, numbers. I, they're not what they were when they Tucker are, was there. They, we can say well, that. And even if you go back just 10 years, what would, would be considered a good rating for a night show? You know, the ratings Letterman and those guys got back in the day, Leno. I mean, this is 
This is little social. It's abysmal. It's abysmal. Yeah. Okay. For a network with yeah. the amount of money in marketing and media, it speaks volumes. Uh, so they can keep the facade up that they run the show, but they don't. Uh, I don't know what guys like Sean Hannity, um, you know, some of you know, some of those hosts are going to do and where they're going because I, I I think that I think the Fox ship is sinking as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as a reminder. BlazeTV.com, you can subscribe. Okay. I'm, I mean, I say Come that on. as a joke, but I'm, I am it's being serious that I think joke. Tucker sees the writing on the wall that, yeah. like, this is where people, people are tired of the talking heads on mainstream media. Yeah, it's very clear that he's one of the most compelling talents, and you don't, the fact that he can't get a show on any major network just shows you how much of this free market and free press is a joke at this point. I mean, it's very obvious that somebody like Tucker, who's pushing the edge for what mainstream Republicans can say, can saying what the conservative base wants to be said, is has been asking people to report on for many years, but refused to do so. The fact that he's willing to do that just makes him an incredible talent, and the fact that he can go out there and use alternative media platforms that people like us can speak on the blaze and have those options like we said we talked about the downside and the upside of the internet right. and this exactly. is one of the biggest ones is that at least that monopoly of the mainstream media mm-hmm. is broken exactly right um I, I loved reading brian stelter's reaction he was hung up on the fact that at the end of the shot tucker intentionally by the way pulled out the camera pulls out and you see that he's working his own teleprompter and brian stelter's like oh, did you see he's running his own teleprompter like that was supposed to be a gotcha it's like that's how talented the man is. Like, he's writing the, a 10-minute monologue by himself, presumably, and then he's operating the teleprompter by himself. Like, you, you're not proving any point other than you were talentless, you hack, you potato head, and he obviously has all of the talent. That's literally the only thing you're proving, Brian. Also proving how wasteful you are, how wasteful Hollywood is. $200 right. million like, dollars to produce a movie. It's nonsense. So someone can roll the prompter because you can't do it yourself? Nonsense. Elon walks in, fires 80% of Twitter employees. He's asked why. He says because you don't need 80% right. of them to run right. the company. Right, right. They grow government. They grow systems. This is what they do. Unfortunately, and I just have to do this. I can't help myself. Even Kevin McCarthy believes we need to grow government just a yeah, little bit. Just slower. But it's slower. Just slower. It's at a slower rate, so, so that, it's fine. That cancerous mindset has crept into the GOP as well. So good for you, Tucker. Run the prompter. Adjust the lights. Be the gaffer, the grip, the electrician, the DP. Do it all. And hey, it's not bad to have Elon in your corner yeah. to give you a platform on Twitter. Yeah, no kidding. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back. Pennsylvania man was arrested on Saturday for reading his Bible while protesting at a pride event at City Hall in Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, Police apparently detained him less than a minute after he arrived on the scene. I'm going to play for you uh, the confrontation over at that pride event between him and police. Watch. All right, he's saying this is public property for those of you who are listening on audio podcast. The officer says, let them have their day. Respect it. Let them have their day. This is public property, which it is. God, it's not. 
He's preaching, and the officer says, that's it, and you're done. Film. And puts handcuffs on him. He's not resisting. He's He was not using a megaphone. And, of course, the fascists are clapping. I cannot believe I'm watching this. This is America right now. And there goes freedom of speech down into garbage, apparently, here in America. Um, just the, the stunning display of the clapping at this man being arrested for freedom of speech, and yet they call us the fascists. Oh yeah, this guy is obviously guilty of interrupting a state-sanctioned religious ritual. And we are a nation with blasphemy laws. And if you have any question about that, you just can look at these kind of incidents. Someone leaves a little skid mark on a pride, you know, yeah. symbol that's been painted on the street. They're hunting him down like he's some kind of terrorist. But you can, you know, burn down American cities if you feel like it during a, what is supposed to be a pandemic. No one can seem to find anybody who's, you know, at fault this kind of thing. It's very clear that these police officers don't care about the enforcement of the actual law. They care about the enforcement of the de facto social taboo and the people in charge who are eventually going to destroy their lives if they don't go over and stop people who are doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like um, we try to talk here about uh, the silver lining when it comes to COVID. And I, I said, as we were going through it, I'm like, okay, silver lining here um, is that people are going to be more in tune with the fact that A, big pharma hates you and doesn't have your best interest at heart and has not for a very long time. And B, we can't just back the blue blindly. Okay, there are very, very good cops. However, COVID showed us very quickly how often cops just comply and just say, well, just following orders. And we know where that leads. And it's very scary. Here's the fun part. I, I want to get this guy's name. Uh, and then I'm going to call Kelly Shackelford mm. at First Liberty mm -hmm. and say, Kelly, sue the cop. Yeah. Sue the department. Yep. This is America, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And so this is how you go after them. Now you make that cop publicly pay a price where probably could ruin his life. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then let every, every other cop know that you leave a man on the side of the road in public property alone when he wants to preach the gospel of the word of God. You should actually thank him and say, thank you for bringing sanity back to this nation. And that, I feel that's the only pill that's going to change this is they need to feel that personally. Mm -hmm. There needs to be some accountability. Mm -hmm. And so I want to get his name and then the department's name and call Kelly and the team and say, are you aware of this? Go and they will support this man pro bono and take cases like this for freedom of religion, particularly because it's insane. Uh, this is not America. It's not who we are. I do think that the, um, I know we got to go to break in a second, but I do think that the only way out of this is through tremendous lawsuits. I yes. mean, all of it. When yes. you talk to the trans ideology on the yeah. kids, yeah. when you talk to, when you talk about, you know, sterilizing them at a young age, when you're talking about uh, this particular issue with freedom of speech, when you're talking about the city of Dallas, who has mandated that their employees use preferred pronouns for other people and, and undergo training whenever someone decides that they want to be trans and they work there. I mean, like, 
sue the hell out of all of these organizations and places and that very quickly they will learn. They, they won't change their ideology. They'll just learn to shut up about it. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Particularly with the trans stuff. It's like, I don't... A biological male was uh, crowned Miss San Francisco and will compete in the 2023 Miss California pageant in July. This is, of course, the first biological male to be crowned uh, Miss San Francisco in the competition's 99-year history. And as you would expect, uh, when not competing in beauty contests, Monroe Lace, the man, reads books at local elementary schools almost every day. So... The jokes, they just write themselves. I, yes, I would expect that this creep would be at a school with young children. There we have it. Congrats. Yaku can't think of anything nice to say. He's just... Uh, yeah, if you can, <laughs> because what wants to come out of my mouth? Brother, you go ahead. Well, yeah, let me read you the quote. Every time I put on the sash, the weight of it reminds me of the weight of my job, the responsibility I have to make a difference for young children. Vomit. I think it's really important when people look at that stuff to remember that clown world is a uniform. <laughs> the, the reason that they do this stuff is because if people will say yes to this, they will say yes to anything. And if you can get an entire population of a state to say this is okay, then you know you own them. And so they want to signal to everybody, we will make you bow down to this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's well, we're not doing it. We're not doing it here. I know Oren's not doing it. Not bowing, buddy. I know Yaku's not doing it. I'm sure as hell not doing it. So uh, good luck to you guys. The battle is on. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.